welcome to the Slasher Show. Uh, my name is Liam Shea, and for the next few weeks, I will be covering a few of the uh, important films of the 70s, 80s, and 90s era of horror, um, and specifically, mostly uh, the slasher-type uh, movies. Uh, if you couldn't tell by the intro music today, <clears throat> uh, we will be covering Halloween today, the original um John Carpenter movie. Uh, it's, you know, by many people, it's seen as an all-time great horror movie, um, which I agree, um, and sort of the penultimate addition to the slasher subgenre. This movie definitely takes inspirations from earlier movies in the genre, um, but it also set such an important precedent for many movies to come that would eventually change the genre in the same way that Halloween did. Um, this movie is one of my favorites, and it's also inspired me to go and watch every Halloween movie. I'm about five movies in or so. Um, but don't worry, we're only covering the original one on this podcast. I won't uh, make everybody listen to me cover some of the the ones that drag on a bit. Um, so thank you everybody for joining me today. I'm really excited to have this opportunity to talk about movies that I love. And so to start off, we will be going into the spoiler-free segment where I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the movie. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, you can still tune into this, get a good idea of what the movie is all about. And I will give you a heads up when we're going to get into the real meat and bones of the movie. So, okay, welcome to the spoiler-free segment of the show, um, where we're going to talk a little bit about just the basics of the movie, what you should expect if you're going to see it. Um, chances are, of all the movies that I'm going to cover on this show, um, Halloween is probably the one that you've seen, uh, if you've seen them. If you're a fan of the horror genre, um, you probably know what this is all about. You know, the Michael Myers and Laurie Strode and um, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance. Um, but if you haven't seen it, no worries. Uh, this is, you know, the part of the show that's just for you. Um, if you watch horror movies, this is like a fantastic way to get into the genre. Um, this movie set a gold standard for the genre that a lot of movies failed to meet um, and that a lot of movies lazily attempted to copy. Um, and until even like the mid-90s when Scream came out, uh, very few movies were able to meet that standard. And Scream eventually changed the genre um, almost 20 years later. Uh, but we will cover Scream and its effect on the genre in a future episode. Um, if you don't like horror movies, don't worry. This movie is not going to keep you from sleeping at night unless, you know, you're really, you really get scared. Um, especially if you've seen like a lot of modern horror movies, you're going to be fine watching Halloween most likely. Um, 
Here is a segment of the movie's main theme composed by John Carpenter. I think that that John Carpenter theme that he originally composed, he's also one of the writers and the director of the movie um, and had a huge hand in some of the uh, projects that came after that from the Halloween series. But I think that that little um, theme from the movie, it sets the tone every time perfectly. You see it when Michael Myers is stalking someone, when, when you know tension is about to build, when you feel, you're, when you're starting to get creeped out, that's, that's where this comes in. And it, it just emphasizes that even more. Um, it's the movie that set the tone for a lot of copycat slasher movies in the 80s, and it launched its own franchise going through multiple sequels and directors. Um, you know, a lot of movies tried to be another Halloween, whether it was copying the same kind of this, you know, quiet killer that, uh, stalks the teenagers and it's always the most innocent girl. That's the the final girl, which obviously Halloween didn't come up with, but it kind of, in my opinion, perfected it. Uh, but to get to give you a brief sort of synopsis of Halloween, Michael Myers is a boy who killed his sister when he was young and he had been locked up in a mental facility for a long time. And he is, uh, you know, just a cold, silent, evil person. And he provides this like leg level of anxiety for people because it's this faceless person. It could be anybody, you know, um, and in Halloween he leaves, he provides some really bone chilling kills that are accompanied by those, that beautiful theme, that piano theme that John Carpenter composed and it really leaves this memorable impression because if you're like me, I'm from a small suburban town and that's exactly where this takes place. I was a teenager once, you know, going, hanging out with my friends and this is, you know, kind of exactly, exactly that kind of movie that it's like, this could happen to anyone along with a great villain. Um, again, what, what sets this movie apart is the sound design, the music, the simple piano theme for the movie, it feels isolating and immediately sets the tone for the whole movie. Um, outside of that, the acting performances are great. Obviously, Michael Myers isn't very, you know, he doesn't have any dialogue, but the actor doing the physical acting for him, it's so chilling. It's such a scary movement where you walk slowly and robotic and then you have Jamie Lee Curtis, who plays the the final girl, um, which is sort of a term that goes along with these slashers. Um, she gives a fantastic performance, as well as um, Dr. Sam Loomis, who uh, is Michael's doctor. 
Um, but I'll leave it at that. If that sounds interesting, I suggest that you go and watch that if you haven't seen it before, um, before you continue on with the rest of this, because now we are going to get into some of the spoilers um, and everybody should see this movie and just let it uh, w- without any kind of further uh, prior research. Anyway, thank you. Okay, and now we are going to take a look at some inspiration for the film and how the film went on to inspire others. Um, Slasher films like Black Christmas, uh, which we'll cover in another episode, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, both uh, are two great, very different um, movies that we can look at as inspirations for Halloween. Um, In Texas Chainsaw, Leatherface sort of our main villain, uh, is a more fleshed out villain than Michael Myers. He has a, uh, this, this mask that's made of human flesh and, uh, and he has this, this bladed weapon. So in, in those ways, they're similar. And that's a, obviously a a trope that a lot of these movies will follow A, a killer with a mask and a, you never see their face and they have some kind of melee weapon. They don't use guns. Um, but Leatherface obviously is a much, much more unique and, uh, emotional and fleshed out character than Michael Myers. Leatherface has some aspects of like transgender representation and, um, he's sort of like a, a sissy in a way. And, there's a lot more that goes into Leatherface than Michael Myers. But on the other hand, Black Christmas is this true-to-the-core slasher film that shares a lot of techniques with Halloween, and that's what I'm really excited to talk about. Um, I love Black Christmas. I don't always love when movies use uh, first-person POV shots, Uh but that is a, a kind of a big trope in a lot of these movies. Uh, movies like Friday the 13th love, love using the, the killer's POV. And I think that while I don't always love it, I think that it's a good way to bring the viewer in to sort of the shoes of the killer. And while, so Black Christmas likes to use this constantly. And it's it's an interesting one because it all takes place in this one sorority house. So um, and you never really know where the killer is, but you, you kind of get his POV at points. And it's, I think that it can be a really good way to immerse the viewer into the killer's perspective. Um, in, in the horror genre, one of the mer- most early examples of that shot would be in Hitchcock's Psycho, uh, Norman Bates murders Marion Crane in the shower. And you sort of get this view where it's like through your own eyes, you're st- you know, killing this woman. Um, and that technique has really stood the test of time. Um, it's such an important piece of, it's such an important technique in so many of these horror movies. And it, it continues to this day though. The slasher type has kind of died out a lot, um, because it definitely was, overdone throughout the 70s 80s and 90s um 
it's still such a important piece because it's not like a haunting movie where you want to see the the demon's point of view something like that like these slashers are all human beings and so you get a human perspective of this evil person um that's sort of what i have to say for for the inspiration segment um and now we're going to move into some personal my sort of personal review of the movie and um yeah just to get this out of the way um i will have to admit that i am a massive john carpenter fan uh movies like they live um and the thing are some of my favorite movies uh escape from new york uh you know these are all movies that are super close to my heart um and honestly i think that this movie is perfect uh while comparing it to other massive slashers of the era uh movies like friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street i think that they really pale in comparison well friday uh well nightmare on elm street definitely goes in different directions and has different ideas about you know your killer sort of going to more of a uh paranormal direction uh i think that a lot of these slasher movies lack the same convincing acting and the same setup about the characters, I think. While in in, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I think the main girl in that is fantastic. I think she's a great great character, a great final girl. Um, And, but I think that when you look at Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode in this movie, I mean, I don't think it gets much better. She puts on such a great performance where you just, you want to root for her. She's such a caring person and all she wants to do is keep these kids safe and survive. And that is a really, you know, it's a lot of the time these final girls are just kind of regular people. Their friends get killed and they're just kind of, uh, they're just regular people. Lori is such a, a, a special character. And while in the future, they would go on to say that Laurie is Michael's long lost sister and, and kind of throw some unnecessary exposition into the movie. Uh, Laurie is just a very unlucky girl um, who happens to walk by Michael's house on the day that he escapes from jail. And she's just picked as, as his target. And her friends are unlucky in that way too. And her performance, just her delivery is, it's just fantastic. And it would obviously go to, to explode her career, um, which is so well-deserved um, because you just, you want to root for her. And of course, I think that Michael Myers is such a fantastic uh, villain as well. He is so cold and he has this weird little sense of humor to himself where he, you know, kind of arranges these dead bodies in different ways. And, and he's just, you know, he's silent 
you don't get to know anything about him. You don't get to feel anything for him. He's just this cold, determined, unstoppable force. Um, many horror movies, I think, go over the top with their killers. Um, but this, like, Michael Myers is so bare bones. Um, and I think that as much as I can rant and rave about how much I think Michael Myers is is awesome, I think that what will do it more justice is playing this clip of Dr. Loomis, who is his psychiatrist in the movie, uh, telling the, the sheriff of the town what he's seen from Michael as his psychiatrist. Seems to me you're just plain scared. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. If that clip doesn't convince you, I'm not... I'm not sure what will, um, but you know, he just reflects these anxieties that we all face. And I think that's what's important about Halloween. We're in movies like uh, Friday the 13th or, or Nightmare on Elm Street. I'll, I'll kind of keep going back to these because they're similarly regarded. You know, these people put themselves in an odd situation. You know, they're at this campsite where a boy tragically died, you know, years ago, and now it's almost kind of haunted uh, or, you know, Friday the 13th, or sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is just um, a a not very realistic, you know, possibility, but a deranged killer escaping from jail and just deciding to, you know, it, it's a sad reality, but it's something that can very easily happen uh, in our world. And I think that this movie just reflects these anxieties that, you know, you're not like a lack of safety, a lack of preparation. You never know if something like this could happen. And, you know, it's just this quiet suburban town. And, you know, we don't get to know anything about the killer. We don't, you know, it's sad. But when a lot of these tragic events that happen in our real life, you know, we immediately find out so much about a person, like the person that did the crime, what their background is, who they are, where they're from, what their family's like. Um, but this is, it, it's just, you know, like five facts about Michael Myers and, but you don't have time to learn about him because it's, it's just forcing you into this situation. Um, so to reiterate, I just think that this movie, it rules. I, I love it. Um, that is all I have to say for today. I want to thank everybody for joining me and, um, I will see you guys soon enough with another movie review. Thank you all. Goodbye.